The hour is late, and the moon is leering. If you feel as though you're being watched, you're right. Dangerous Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria. Starring Bess Lawson as Gilly O'Hare. Megan Stressman as Rusty Rattlesnake. Philip Stressman as Florence Beauregard. And James Kettler as every other person, living or dead. We open in media res on the next day of shooting for a perilous evening at Dread Night Manor. The set is a buzz. Gilly, you're filming one of your solo scenes on the stage, your big monologue about how you hate all the ghosts. Landon is in his director's chair. The tech crew scrambles about and gets into their places. Maddie, the intern, hands out coffees to people probably. And Landon says, all right, and action. Oh, you ghosts, you (laughs) horrible, I don't know what to call you, things, you horrible things. You took everything from me. You took away my happiness. You've taken away my future as a normal person. And soon you'll probably take my human form somehow. Is that good? Cut! Print! Not a word of that was in the script, Gilly, but I like where you took it. You and didn't it's fine. Give me a script. <laughs> <laughs> we for sure gave you a script. If you didn't read it, that's your prerogative. I thought that was a napkin for my donut. <laughs> <laughs> it was 120 pages long. Pay me more and I'll go no, dig it wait. out of the trash. This is the 20s. It was like 40 pages long. <laughs> and Landon says, uh, all right. I think that's good. I only ever do one take. Let's move on to the next scene. This is the big scene where the ghosts possess your faithful husband, Montgomery. Cliff! I bet this will be really hard for him to channel. And, uh, unlike usual, there is silence from Cliff's trailer after Landon screams for him. Cliff! More silence from Cliff's trailer. Landon rises from his director's chair, bullhorn in hand, and stomps over to Cliff's trailer and starts pounding on the door. Cliff, are you in there? It's time to shoot a scene, bud. Finally, the door swings open, revealing Cliff Brockton, looking a bit worse for wear. His hair is a little bit disheveled, not slicked down to its usual oily perfection. His mustache, normally so sharply greased, is unkempt. And he looks, he looks a little flop sweaty and his, some about his color doesn't look even. And he says, um, hey, what, what, what's going on? We're all waiting on you, superstar. Cliff, it's time to shoot the big scene. Oh, goodness, I, uh, Ooh, I must have had a rough sleep last night. I'm so sorry. I uh, must have overslept. Um, How unprofessional. Good. Uh, uh, p- please, Mr. Forsyth, um, just just a few minutes and uh, I'll be ready to go. All right. Time is money, Cliffy baby. So hurry it up. And uh, you hear the door slam and you all just kind of hear uh, like heavy thuds and bangs and rooting around from inside of Cliff's trailer as Landon retires to the director's seat, takes out a clipboard and starts just scribbling notes. Rusty. Yeah? Didn't those jagaloons that we met in the graveyard last night say something about how ghouls eventually can no longer impersonate living human beings? Yeah, it eventually catches up with them. Seems like maybe Cliff is uh, rapidly approaching that eventuality. It's not looking too good today. 
What if he tries to, like, eat Gilly when they're doing a scene together? Well, it would be the only thing that could make this movie watchable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's keep an eye on him today. You know what? I feel like after shooting today, one of y'all should go follow him and see where he goes. We gotta catch him in the act of eating someone. Yes, someone should do that. Yes. Uh, I think at this point, Gilly approaches both of them. What's going on? Good morning. I mean, good morning. <laughs> That's not funny. Oop, wait, this is hold the on. life and death matter. <laughs> Flo reaches over to Rusty's back and turns his cowboy dial from 11 back down to 9. <laughs> <laughs> I take great offense to that. <laughs> Gilly, great work up there. Your improv was incredible. Thank you. I've been told that. Did you just make up all your lines? Yeah, when you're as good as I am, you can pretty much do whatever you want. (laughs) Listen, we were just talking about how Cliff is not looking too good, and he's probably eventually going to eat someone or expose himself as a ghoul, and we should follow him after uh, work today. Who is we? Well, I got to meet up with Cheryl tonight, so looks like it's you two. Hmm. Listen. If Cliff exposes himself as a ghoul, that totally blows our plan to blackmail the studio with the threat of exposing him as a ghoul. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that would be bad for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe our little stakeout last night ruined Cliff's um, dinner plans. So maybe that's why he's looking like this today. So maybe we can follow him today and see what he does. What do you think, Gilly? Yep, for a little, uh, what's the word? Sneakiness? Is that a word? Sneakiness. Being sneaky is my second favorite thing. What's your first? Being mean to people. What's your third, fourth, and fifth? (laughs) Oh, well, third, going through people's belongings when they're not around. That's three? (laughs) That's sneaky. Fourth, getting really drunk and then punching stuff. (laughs) That's four. (laughs) And then five is being really mean to people. That was. That I don't know. Oh, okay, uh, terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad we're friends, Gilly. Thank you. <laughs> I am starting to agree. <laughs> At that moment, your attention is caught by the hurried and uh, notably late arrival of one Mary Beth Summers. Morning. Good morning, Mary Beth. Morning, Mary Beth. Hi. M- Mary Beth stumbles into the front door, barely acknowledging your greeting. Uh, she looks like she woke up in and did not change last night's clothes or makeup. Uh, her makeup is kind of like smudged and smeared all over her face. Her shirt is like half tucked into her pants that you're pretty sure she was wearing yesterday. Her hair is just a mess. She, she, she looks a fright. And she runs to director Landon Forsyth and says, uh, oh my god, Mr. Forsyth, I'm so sorry I'm late. It, it seems like Everything has been going wrong for me today. The the power went out in my apartment building. I didn't have any hot water this morning. Uh, my I, I kept tripping on the way to work. Like I tripped as soon as I fell out my as soon as I walked out my front door. It's been an absolute nightmare. I'm I'm so sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me today. That's it. I mean, that's terrible. And Landon says, "Uh, I wouldn't have even noticed you weren't here if you hadn't brought it to my attention, but now I'll be docking your pay for the day. She just kind of like throws up her hands and lets them land back at her hips, and she's just like, great, of course, yeah, no, I I totally understand. What else could go wrong today? And she uh, like huffs and turns and just heads down the stairs to the costume department. Flo, you, and only you, see running behind Mary Beth, the teeny tiny little black gerblin with his pointy little teeth going. (laughs) Do I make eye contact with the gerblin? He doesn't have eyes, but you make contact with the, like the center of his face and it's pointed in your direction. Okay. I want to just like really emphatically, like put my hand out like uh, flat and raise it up. Uh, like, like we're here. I need you to go here. Like, just uh huh, uh huh, uh-huh. like put, I'm gonna put my hands together and then spread them apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he he giggles at you and flips you off. 
Okay, uh, should have expected that. <laughs> but then he runs down the stairs after Mary Beth, and you hear about halfway down the stairs her trip and fall the rest of the way down the stairs. <laughs> All right, let's get set for the big scene, provided that our star is ready. I'm ready. Thank you, Gilly. Cliff! And before... Uh, Landon can finish yelling Cliff's name. The door to Cliff Brockton's trailer bursts open. Cliff steps out, looking impeccable. He has almost a glow about him. His hair has been put back into place. His mustache, freshly waxed. His suit looks neatly pressed, and you know he's not a dry cleaner. He didn't press it himself in his trailer, but damn if it doesn't look like he did. And he steps out and he says, Ugh. Thank you, everybody. I'm feeling much better. Let's get to shooting. Flo is watching Cliff like a hawk as he makes his way from his trailer to the set. Flo, we see through your eyes Cliff kind of uh, walking to set in slow motion, Mm -hmm. kind of doing uh, passive waves at uh, various crew members, a nod here and there. And just for a second, he locks eyes with you. (laughs) (laughs) Gilly's looking at Cliff and then looking at Flo and then looking at Cliff and then looking at Flo. And you can't quite explain why, but in that second that you lock eyes, two things are certain to you. One, all of the warmth that you feel inside your body drains out of you immediately. Looking into Cliff's eyes, even for that split second, is like staring into the void. And you are just immediately overcome with like the the worst vibes, like just negative bad feelings overall. Heebie-jeebies. And the second thing that you are certain of is that Cliff notices that thought go through your head in that split second that your eyes are locked. So you just see for that second, his expression shift from that genial, warm, again, kind of glowing persona that he's attempting to give off to the rest of the crew. And it's just dark and cold, like a sheet of ice. Flo, uh, I think she feels that that darkness permeate through her. She feels the warmth suck out of her body. Um, she feels that that well of bad emotions that this is bringing up inside of her mind. And as you said, she senses that Cliff has somehow reached beyond the veil to to touch her in her innermost thoughts. And I, she is going to, as she so often has in her life do everything in her power to mask what she sees as these weaknesses and like mask displaying any of this weakness to anybody and she's going to wink at him. Roll to act under pressure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can ghouls get drunk? It's another important question. Ghouls night out. Yep. That means yes. yes. That's a seven. Yay. Uh, Flo, as you say, you attempt to uh, suppress the supernatural chill flowing through your body and wink at Cliff. And I think externally you're able to. I mm-hmm. think like to anyone standing around you who's not privy to that private little moment the two of you had, it looks like Cliff just looked at you and you winked at him. <laughs> but Cliff's gaze lingers on you for a second longer. And you know that you can tell that he still sees straight through it. And I think he offers you just the tiniest little smirk in return. And then Cliff says, all right, Landon, let's get to shooting. Right, Cliff, Gilly. Take your places. Gilly, your place in this scene is uh, to stand face-to-face with Cliff from about a foot away. Great. I think Rusty's in a position where he's uh, 
I would say probably Flo and Rusty are, are next to each other, and you can see that Rusty has, like, his arms crossed, <laughs> his cowboy hat down, and he's, like, staring at Cliff because he's really nervous that, like, he's just going to chomp into Gilly. Um, while they're getting ready to roll and they're still moving into place, Gilly's just kind of staring Cliff down. She's going to say, Hiya there, handsome. Oops. Sorry, I think I ate some bad shrimp. Um... <laughs> You look great today. I feel like you look healthy. You have a balanced diet. What's your secret? <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, Gilly. <laughs> wow, you have a way with words. <laughs> I know how you got the lead. All right. To refresh, this is the big scene where Montgomery gets possessed by the spirits and attacks his darling wife. So, Cliff, remember... You start this scene out regular, and then halfway through, the ghost is gonna possess you. The ghost will be painted onto the frames later. Don't worry about it. Just uh, take it as you will. Gilly's gonna snap her head around and look at both Flo and Rusty. Just kind of like, okay, Rusty's I don't know what's gonna just, happen. Yeah, Rusty's real nervous. His eyes are wide open. Flo, I think, is still a little shaken by the experience yeah. that she just had with uh, Cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's gonna look at Gilly and give her a great big thumbs up. Rusty looks at Flo. Is this going to be okay? Uh, I think that it, it will be illuminating. All right, that doesn't make me feel any better. Okay, landing pad into position. And Gilly, just behind you, three or four uh, members of the tech crew slide like a big two-foot thick, uh, I'm going to say, burlap sack of straw. What is that? Gilly, didn't you read the script? (laughs) At the end of this scene, Cliff is going to jump at you and push you back. And it's going to be edited to look like Cliff's pushing you down the spiral staircase. Right, okay. I won't be hurt at all. Well, no, of course not. That's what the straw is for. Rusty doesn't like the sound of this. And he raises his hand and says, uh, Landon? Yes? Do you think this is safe to have Gilly do this? He's just going to push her down onto the big bed of straw. What could go wrong? Uh, Okay, I'm just going to go over there and stand just in case. Sure. All right. I just can't. Yeah, this seems really unsafe. Shouldn't Rusty be doing the stunts? Yeah. This isn't a stunt. She's just getting pushed. It's very simple. She's just, Gilly, you just got to lean back and fall over. Why don't you lean back and fall over? Okay, I'll do it right now. And Landon gets up from his chair and pushes you out of place and falls backwards onto the bed of straw. And he stands back up and he says, See? It's fine. Great job. Let's switch Let's switch roles. I'll direct. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't come for my job. And Landon heads back to his director's chair. Gilly sticks her tongue in Are everybody's fears assuaged? Can we do this? Gilly, I'll be right here, okay? Okay. Don't worry, Gilly. I'll be gentle. (laughs) And Cliff looks at Flo and winks. (laughs) And (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Action! Ooh. Ooh. Elizabeth. My love for you is strong, but I think these ghosts might be stronger. What do you mean, husband? Mont- Montgomery. Are you not my husband? <laughs> I, am your, I am your husband, and I love you dearly, but I can feel the influence of this horrible house coming over me. Why don't we just leave? We tried that. All the doors are locked. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh, Elizabeth. They're coming over me! What do you want me to do about it? And Cliff uh, grabs his head and in a hammy bit of acting, thrusts his head back to the sky. Ooh! And then thrusts himself forward. Ah! And then he removes his hands from his head and looks up very slowly at you, Gilly. And there's a second when he makes eye contact with you where you can't explain why, but you feel that same chill shoot down your spine that Flo felt a few minutes earlier. And he uh, shares this look with you for a second, like with Flo, seemingly acknowledging that he knows what you're seeing looking back at him. 
He gives you a smirk, and then he says, Ah! I am possessed by ghosts now! (laughs) He charges at you, Gilly, full speed. Cliff barrels down on you, arms uh, raised in the air like a pair of claws, like he about to do the thriller dance. He howls, gets to you. I don't think that's a ghost noise. And then very professionally, he places two hands on your shoulder and pushes you back into the straw bed ever so gently. Cut! Great work, Cliff. That's some of the best acting I've seen you do in the last five years. Wonder why that is. I've been retired for seven years, Landon. Right! I knew that. Rusty runs over um, to where Gilly is and helps her up. You okay? Yeah. That was some weird energy, right? Yeah, I think he knows that we know something is up. Fuck. All right, um, don't be anywhere near him by yourself. What, what am I saying? You can, you'd fuck him up. But just, if he's on to us, I think he might try to hurt you and Flo and me. So be careful, okay? Okay. Cliff approaches you. After Rusty helps you up, he approaches the two of you, and he looks at you, Gil, and he says, uh, Miss O'Hare. Hmm? Lovely work today. I know. Although I must say, I rather hoped our chemistry would be a little stronger in front of the camera at this point. Yeah, I think it's your dead eyes. They're hard <laughs> to connect with. Rusty, I would say Rusty's cracking up at this. <laughs> but I think we'll get there. Hmm. Yes, I sure hope we get there soon. Like you said, Cliff, you've been out of uh, the biz for seven years, so maybe you're actually just a little bit rusty. Ha 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 Are you saying that you're a bad actor? I'm not following. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, my name is Rusty, but you're rusty. You might be rusty at this whole thing. I, I'm pretty sure in some of the shots I am you. I'm still not following what you're trying to tell me oh here. Oh, my God. Just mm, go back to your trailer or whatever, mo- big hot shot movie star. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Cliff says, hmm, well, all right. I'll uh, see you all later. All right. And he goes back to his trailer, shuts the door, and you hear the thunk of a lock latching behind him. Have I mentioned that I hate him? I do too. Even before he was whatever he is now. At that moment, there's a tap on your shoulder, Rusty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little little jumpy right now. You spin around to see Maddie the intern. Hey, Maddie, what's up? Hi, uh, Mr. Rattlesnake. So good to see you. Maddie's standing there in their usual little paperboy hat and suspenders combo. Uh, and they hand you an envelope. Telegram just arrived for you. Who's it from? I don't know. I just took it and said I would give it to you. Who put it in an envelope? I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Rusty grabs the envelope and examines it on both sides. Does it say anything? The envelope does not. Well, it just says in Maddie's handwriting to Rusty with a tiny little heart. Oh, that's sweet. And then Rusty opens up the letter. Rusty, stop. It's Cheryl. Stop. Meet me tonight at the trough. Stop. Cheryl, stop. All right. All right, so I'm going to go meet Cheryl tonight. Hopefully she has some news for us. And then are y'all going to go trail on with uh, Cliff? Go follow him around? It is what we said we were going to do. Yeah, we did mention that. (laughs) But that was before he gave me weird... I mean, yes, I feel fine about that. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? Nothing. No, you... I hate when people do that. Do what? They start talking about something and then they stop and then you got to think about it all day. Like, what were they going to say? It's so rude. You should give you this... Give yourself the gift of not thinking about it again. Yeah, Rusty, you could use a little bit of meanness, I think. <laughs> yeah, I need to toughen up. All right. But yeah, we yes, Gilly, mm-hmm. let's follow Cliff around. I feel 
good about that yes. and not at all afraid or intimidated. Never been afraid of a man in my life. Listen, Gilly will protect you. And uh, here, Gilly, I'm going to give you the keys to my car. Wow. Achi machi. Don't fuck this up. And then Rusty throws the keys to Gilly. Gilly catches on. Tonight I'm taking applesauce out, so car's all yours. You don't need applesauce in your car? Yeah, I don't know that that's smart. You might spill it on the seats. Applesauce is my horse. <laughs> I'm taking my horse out tonight. Do you ever eat applesauce on your horse applesauce? No, because I don't even like applesauce. I was just wondering if it would hurt his feelings. You don't like your horse? <laughs> Y'all asking a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> I'm done talking about applesauce. <laughs> Good day. It's a sensitive subject. The day of shooting continues relatively uneventfully. Uh, Gilly, you film one other scene with uh, uh, legendary character actor Howard Bubbs. Is it good? Is the scene good? Yeah, do I do a good job? You want to do it? No. <laughs> I just wanted you to tell me that I was doing a good job. Yes, Gilly, you did a great job in Thank the scene you. with Howard Bubbs. Thank you, narrator. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Landon yells, cut! Print! That's a wrap for the day. What and are we printing? The, the film. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, the crew begins to put away all of the props and the set pieces, put everything back in storage, and everyone begins to disperse for the day. Flo and Gilly, you realize that you have not seen a sign of Cliff since he retired to his trailer after shooting his scene with Gilly. So the two of you, looking as nonchalant as humanly possible, follow the flow of the crowd and enter Gilly's trailer, where you draw the curtains and begin a stakeout of Cliff's trailer across the lot from you. Minutes turn to hours. Sun's now fully set. It's late dusk, early night. Everyone is gone except for the two of you camped out in Gilly's trailer. When you see something. Gilly, I think I see something. What is it? Pulling up from behind y'all, light fills Gilly's trailer. Uh-oh. As you see a pristine, uh, slick, black automobile pull up, curve around, and park directly in front of the door to Cliff's trailer. From your perch inside Gilly's trailer, you can just see the back door of the car open, the door to Cliff's trailer open, and then a figure, presumably Cliff, move from the trailer and into the car. The door shuts and the car drives off. Gilly, quick, quick! You got the keys to Rusty's car, right? Yeah, I got the keys and I got my weapons. Let's go. Let's tail this frickin' uh, whoever. Ghoul. Let's, mm -hmm. yes, that's, oh, I'm, pretend I said that. <laughs> All right, then we rush to the car and Gilly's gonna hop in the front seat because she can drive. Yeah, we're gonna tail him. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, you hop into that 1925 Stutz Series 695, the coolest hot rod around at this time, and you pull out and begin to follow this black automobile out of the movie lot. And our camera zooms out on the black car and the bright yellow Stutz Series 695 zooming off into the night as we cut to dun, dun, dun. the exterior of the trough. I have to say that Rusty gets there, I think, and ties applesauce up next to the <laughs> other horses and just gives applesauce a little, little smooch on the nose because he loves applesauce. <laughs> I love applesauce. And I would say that 
Rusty's probably there before Cheryl and goes ahead and orders uh, two whiskeys and sits in the corner. Yeah, you sit in the corner for a minute, sipping your whiskey, listening to the delightful honky-tonk music always blasting around the walls of the trough. Is Hans there? Yes, absolutely. Hans is there. He's there every single night. I love him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you hear him just kind of attempting to sing along with the piano tune going, just going like, dooty dooty doo, I'm a rootin' tootin' boy, (laughs) shooting my guns, dooty dooty doo. Doo-dee, doo-dee, doo. Hans, your accent. Wow, it's getting real good, buddy. Oh, oh thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've really been trying to practice on customers. I think they're starting to believe that I'm just regular cowboy. You're just regular cowboy in cowboy town. I'm just regular cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as you're sitting there chatting with Hans, from behind you, you hear a voice say, uh, You're the realest darn cowboy I've ever seen, Hans. Rusty turns around quickly. And standing there in dark brown leather cowboy boots, some really, really fashionable jeans, and a cool flannel shirt with a big straw cowboy hat is Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Russ. How you doing? You know what? I'm doing okay, except for maybe ghouls are real, but I'll I'll tell you about that another time. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, no, I'm sorry. What can we uh, can we start with that one? I'm sorry. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your findings, and then I'll share a little bit with you. Well, yeah, I've been telling this Meyer Brothers fella for you. Um, I gotta tell you, I ain't found much, but I did notice something a little strange. Yeah. So allow me to elaborate. I've been telling him for the last two days. And it's been relatively uneventful because this dude goes to like two places. Where does he go? He goes to his office and he goes to your movie set. Where's his office? The office, the penthouse office of Meyer Brothers Studios. Oh, so like that, he only goes there in the movie set? Yeah. And so like the first day I followed him and I was like, this dude leads a boring life. Like he's just a workaholic, but he, he doesn't ever go home. At nighttime... Wait, so he doesn't go home, but at night... He's just in his office. Like, he's at his office during the day, he takes one trip to go to y'all's set, and then he goes back to his office. When does he go to the movie set? He goes once in the morning and once in the evening. Like he's dropping someone off and picking them up. Cliff. All right. It's got to be where Gilly and Flo are going right now. And that's it. You just... That's all he's done? That's it, for the last two days. Now, I ain't, like, broke into his office or none. I didn't see, like, what he got up to in any of these places because it's just been me tailing him. I ain't going to take him on one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You say, you said f- your friends are following him? Yeah. Right now? Right now. So I'm assuming that they're probably going to the office. Russ, are, <laughs> your, fr- are your friends, like, trained to do this? And then like, flash back to me driving for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got a little experience. Um, yeah, I think they're all right, but now I'm getting a little nervous, and I feel like I should go meet them. You want some backup? Sure. Did you bring your horse? Of course I brought. Who? What else would I have brought? What's her horse's name? Best asks. That's not a character. Pork chop, pork chop, pork chop, pork chop. <gasps> pork chop and applesauce. <laughs> Y'all some hungry cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> of course I brought pork chop. What do you think? All right, well, let's go saddle up our horses and head off out of cowboy town. But first, whiskey. And Rusty <laughs> like holds up his glass and motions like Cheryl to do the same. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Clink. And then they just shoot their whiskey, slam it down, and they're off to the parking lot. Russ, do you ever think it's irresponsible to get drunk before we ride horses? You know what? <laughs> I've literally never once thought about that. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the horses are sober. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, because... Mm. Pork chop uh, <laughs> <laughs> sips a flask and tucks it away. <laughs> Cheryl says, uh, 
Well, if he's following his usual path, I think we know where we can head him off. Perfect. You lead the way. I'll follow you. All right, let's go. Yeah! We cut back to the interior of the Stutz series 695. Flo and Gilly are still tailing the black automobile. Uh, So it rounds a corner, y'all follow behind, and as you hang this left, you can see about 10 blocks behind you the distinct high outline of the Myers Brothers Studios main headquarters. All right, Gilly, I think I know where they're headed. Yeah, I've never even been to the headquarters before. Why would Cliff be going there? I don't know. Probably to suck the bones out of dead orphans or something. Something ghoulish. Ghoulish indeed. But listen, I think if we know where they're headed, we can probably hang back a little bit so they don't spot the tail and then follow in on foot. Right? Right. So Gilly presses the brake to kind of back off just a little bit, give a little more distance between... As you approach the building, like you say, I think you uh, ease off on the distance just a bit. And as the black automobile approaches the Myers Brothers Studios offices, it also begins to slow, and it pulls to a stop just in front of the building. Should I pull over right here? Yeah, yeah, hang back, hang back. Keep, keep like a block or so between us and them. Okay, okay. And you all pull over the studs, put it in park, and watch. Black Automobile has not turned off its engine. It's just parked and sitting in front of this building. Um, I'm going to say that I turned the car off and the lights off. I assume their lights are still on so we can still see like the shape of the car, but mm-hmm. so that they don't notice us. Gilly, seconds after you turn off the lights and engine to the studs, you hear the sound of squealing tires as the Black Automobile peels out in front of you and begins to What do we do now? I don't know where they went. Well, this is frustrating. Yeah. Want to go trash his office? Okay. At that moment, we hear the clippity-cloppity of two sets of horse hooves riding up from behind the Stutz Series 695. Rusty also has his Tommy gun in his hand, and he's running up like this, like (laughs) pumping the the gun up in the air. He's not a very discreet cowboy. (laughs) Rusty, like, jumps off the horse, like, doesn't even stop the horse, just, like, jumps off. You know, he's a stump man. He can mm-hmm. do all this cool shit. And he, like, does a somersault and then stands up on his feet and says, where's Cliff? I don't know. Did you pass him on the way here? No. I just got here with Cheryl and, like, points behind him. And Hi, I'm Cheryl. Hi, this is Cheryl. This is Cheryl. Um, Hello, Cheryl. Hi, and nice to meet y'all. Nice. I like your horse. Hi, oh, Cheryl. Thank you. Pork chop, you hear that? You both look so cool riding horses around in the city like real cow people. I know, everybody. Uh, we were the hot commodity back in the day when we were a couple. But yeah, this is Cheryl. This is my ex-girlfriend, and she's the sneakiest motherfucker I've ever met. And she's been helping us tail Myers Brothers. But she said he only comes here and our set. So we hightailed it over here to meet y'all. Yeah, we just lost him. We were doing such a good job, and then I pulled over because I was going to follow them, and then they just peeled out, and I couldn't. I thought I broke your car, but I didn't because I don't make mistakes that big, but we did lose them. So the car does work? Mm-hmm. Okay, but we don't know where Cliff Myers Brothers is. No. Well, crap. Well, why don't we go into his office and see if we can find anything? Yeah, we were just going to go trash it. Oh! But I guess we could just, like, toss it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can uh, trash it and look for clues at the same time. Mm-hmm. All right, Cheryl, you coming in? I, uh, I'm sorry, we're doing a B and E now. Yeah, that's right. I heard you're the sneakiest cowboy in cowboy town. You want to yeah, help us sneak into this building and then toss the place? Put your money where your mouth is, Cheryl. That's right, Cheryl. Well, I could kind of say the same back to y'all. I mean, right now I'm on the payroll as a tail, but B and E, you're talking about. You're talking about some serious heat we get caught. Uh, Gilly pulls, like, reaches into her pocket, coat pocket, and just pulls out a wad of cash. <laughs> How's this? Gilly, where'd you get that? I just carry it around. I don't really spend it, so I just hand it out to people sometimes. Uh, yeah, that'll work. All right, cool. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this B&E. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Gilly. 
<laughs> the four of you approach the entrance to the Myers Brothers offices, and I think, kind of like a theater, the front door is like tucked into the building a little bit, I think, and y'all kind of peek around like Scooby-Doo style, everyone's heads on top <laughs> of each other to look at the front door. You notice that the front door is a set of double doors that are currently chained and padlocked, and you can also see through the windows on the door the glint of a flashlight of a security guard walking around the grounds. I think you can just make out the whoosh of his twirling billy club and the sound of his whistle as he walks around the lobby of the building. And then Cheryl says, Psst, hey, Russ. Yeah. Check this out. And she points, and you see up the side of the building is a fire escape leading directly to an open window on the top floor. Gilly first. And Gilly she first. just goes and starts climbing. Rusty, as the true gentleman he is, lets all the ladies go first. Yeah, Rusty, can you give me a boost? Actually, I can't quite get that bottom run. <laughs> yeah, of course. And actually, Rusty just like lifts, um, like Flo is standing with her back to Rusty's um, front and picks her up by her waist and just like hoists her up. Flo uh, grabs onto the ladder and then um, pushes herself off uh, with a foot on top of Rusty's head and pushes herself up and starts climbing. (laughs) And then Rusty follows uh, after Flo is up there. Uh, Yeah, Rusty, after you boost uh, Flo up onto the fire escape, Cheryl says, uh, I don't think I really need one. And she just like jumps up and grabs and just pulls herself up and climbs the ladder. Don't be a show off, Cheryl. Chill, yeah, yeah. Upper body strength is incredible. Yeah, thank you. Flo's just like staring at Cheryl's arms as she climbs the ladder. <laughs> they're huge. Got those Michelle Obama arms. Yeah, they're huge. Uh, yeah. So y'all make your way through the fire escape. You clamber through the open window at the top, and you find yourself standing behind a desk in an office. The nameplate on the desk reading Rudolph. Myers Brothers. Yeah. Oh, that was easy. I was found so it. Yeah, it was all you, Gilly. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh. You look around, and it's a uh, pretty much what you would expect out of a typical Hollywood movie studio office. He's got this huge- This is a like, pretty typical Hollywood movie studio office. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've been he's to a lot a, of them? <laughs> he's got a huge- <laughs> got a huge like beautiful uh, mahogany desk that again is like directly in front of you as you clamber through this window. It's stacked with all sorts of papers, uh, bills, scripts, screenplays, notes, yada yada yada. Uh, He's got one of them uh, brass lamps with the long green lampshade sitting on his desk. There is a bookcase up against the wall um, filled with like uh, those like professional leather-bound copies of scripts they make, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, of movies he has worked on, and the walls are adorned with posters of his studio's most famous successes. I would like to dig through the desk for money. For money? For money? I'm owed. Flo is gonna go start tossing the bookshelf. <laughs> I think that Rusty is writing a threatening letter. <laughs> and so it's kind of like Megan coming through here, I guess, uh-huh. too. <laughs> Uh, but I think that he's just gonna write like, we know about Cliff, and just like a period, and like stick it on the wall with a knife. Flo is, uh, while you're doing that, sh- she's at the bookshelf, just pulling books off and just like rifling through the pages and then throwing them on the floor behind her, like shaking them, like <laughs> seeing if anything's stuck in them, just tossing them. <laughs> so, y'all begin just ransacking this office. Papers and books just flying from his desk and the bookcase as Flo and Gilly dig around. Flo, I think you make your discovery first as you begin uh, just kinda like grabbing books and tossing them off as the titles don't interest you, Mm -hmm. tossing all these screenplays through the air. Your hand catches a book that's considerably smaller than everything else that's sitting on this shelf. It is a small, leather-bound journal. And I think uh, you stop and open it up, and it has notes for the production of 
a perilous evening at Dread Knight Manor. You flip through it and there's a lot of like budgetary stuff, notes on concept art that Rudolph had been sent, all sorts of other things. And you land on two pages next to each other, one of which is Gilly's uh, rider list for what she needs to have <laughs> oh, in her trailer. No. What is on it? Yeah, Gilly, what's on it? Um, I have to have someone come in every two hours to tell me how talented I am, but it can't be somebody that's annoying. Um, <laughs> Who's not annoying to Gilly? <laughs> that's the task. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like to have a warm croissant waiting for me when I get there in the morning. And if it's not warm, then I'm not going to eat it. And then I'm going to wait two hours to start shooting. I like for someone to bring in a cute puppy at least once a week so I can pet it. Cliff cannot pet it. That's in there. This is before you started filming. Yeah, I knew I would hate him. Yep. Uh, So I think Gilly's writer is uh, handwritten by Gilly Uh and like paper clipped into this journal. The smiley face at the end. Yeah. Uh, on the opposing page is a list of requirements for Cliff's trailer, which, unlike Gilly's Rider, seems to have been written by Rudolph Meyer's brothers himself. And it catches your eye because a lot of it is fairly standard. Um, but you notice three things towards the bottom of the list that seem odd to you. Not the least of which because all of them are like circled and underlined, like they're the three most important things. Mm-hmm. The first thing on the list is private icebox. The second thing on the list is blackout curtains. And the third thing on the list, the thing most emphatically uh, emphasized and underlined as being a requirement for Cliff's trailer is electric light only. No candles, no open flame. Uh, I think I maybe found something interesting. Is it money? It's not money, but uh, Gilly, I do think maybe... <laughs> I think maybe you need to start dreaming a little bigger, sweetheart. Uh, your writer here is um, like petting a puppy once a week. <laughs> Wait, that's all you found was Gilly's rider? Everyone what? isn't as selfish as you, Flo. Zing. Noted. <laughs> um, no, it's Cliff's rider, which, here, I'll let you all take a look. And Flo tears it out and hands it to Rusty. Rusty grabs it, is reading down and says, all right. No open flames or candles? He must be afraid of flames. Right? Are we going to burn him? It seems like he uh, is uh, does not have a particular affinity for fire, so... All right. That's that's good, Flo. Good thank, job. Thank you. And Rusty goes in for a hug, but then, like, stops. And is like, high, f- high five. And high fives, Flo. Or tries to. Cheryl, like, looks back and forth at the two of you and kind of cocks an eyebrow at you, Rusty. <laughs> Rusty's not good at flirting. Hey, uh, high five. Thanks, Rusty. Uh, Gilly uh-huh. high fives herself. <laughs> Gilly, uh, as you continue rooting around in uh, Rudolph Meyer's brother's desk, underneath uh, a whole bunch of scripts that you're pretty sure your agent sent you and you rejected, and uh, like budgetary notes and things like that, you find in the bottom drawer of his desk a rolled up blueprint. Gilly is gonna unroll it. You see uh, a blueprint for the Myers Brothers studio office building. It looks like these are the original blueprints from when the building was built around 15 years ago, but you notice something odd. The building has a basement. That's weird for uh, Los Angeles. And you can tell from the blueprints that uh, the only way to get into the basement is through the lobby. So I think we got to go to the basement. Oh, man. Why? Why? We already, we got the fire thing. We sent the message. It just seems important. Well, Gilly thinks we need to go to the basement. I think we need to go to the basement. Yes. I do think we need to go to the basement. Cheryl, what do you think? You're the, uh, you're the expert sneak around here. I mean, like, we're going to try to track down, like, ten floors of this building down to the lobby and then sneak past the security guard and then go into the basement? Are you scared? I ain't scared. Then let's go. It just, hmm, okay. It seems a little stupid and risky. And, like, we don't know where Myers Brothers and Cliff went. Like, they could turn back up at any minute, you know? Listen, what if you take the blueprint 
and we attempt to come in here during the day. So it's a little less suspicious. So we're not trying to like sneak past the security guard and everything. Yeah, like y'all work for him. Yeah. I feel like you, you could very reasonably have business at his office during business hours. And Gilly, you're a star. <laughs> yeah, I am, aren't I? So if you come in here on a regular day, just come into the lobby, no one's going to question why Gilly O'Hare is here. No, especially because they owe me money. I'm, sh- I'm sure you know by now. Yeah, I'm sure everyone knows by now. So you're saying instead of flying off half-cocked and trumping down past security guard to a basement we just found out about in the middle of the night, yep. take a little bit of a breather and come up with an actual plan? Listen, I know that doesn't sound like me, but for once, I think we should do this. I think we should play it smart. What I'm always smart. So you're down to come back? Mm-hmm. Flo? Yeah, I think that's the smart move. Okay. And if y'all, uh, if it's not too far past everybody's bedtime, I think I might know a way we could beef up our arsenal a little bit. Yeah? What do you have in mind? Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria was edited by James Kettler and produced by Philip Stressman with additional sounds provided by Zapsplat.com Monster of the Week Tabletop RPG was written and created by Michael Sands Join us again next week for more Phantasmagoria and until then be chill and stay dangerous.